0: Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Many of you may receive my weekly Sunday commusing article where I address a breadth of issues from the spiritual to the physiological to the sociopolitical. And on occasion, I will also record an audio version of these articles and release it here as a bonus episode. So it's quite common and natural to feel a wistful longing for a bygone era. Skylar and I often reminisce about the times when our three girls were scrubby little toe heads, when they loved to be read to, when they didn't shirk away from a hug. And we recently returned from visiting our eldest, Phoebe, in the City of Lights, and we had the most marvelous time together. And this trip invoked a different type of yearning, a present moment nostalgia, a longing for now. And I believe... That this is a practice that we can cultivate even in the most prosaic moment of cutting vegetables for dinner with a friend or a partner now if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe on apple podcasts and if you're interested in checking out our course platform which features over 120 programs from top doctors like mark hyman and zach bush and thought leaders and authors like Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson, well, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial at onecommune.com trial. And if you're not completely sick of me, I am also waxing alternately poetic and pathetic on Instagram at Jeff Krasnow. So without further delay, here's this week's commuting titled These Are the Good Old Days. It's November in Paris, cold, wet, and raw. The sun plays hide and seek. Skyler and I hung our berets in the Marais over three decades ago, when trudging up six flights was but a trifle, and here we are now, brood in tow, visiting our old stomping grounds, reliving our starry-eyed adolescence through Phoebe, our firstborn, who has stationed herself in a matchbox apartment in the sixth arrondissement we have little plan racked with jet lag we sleep late and walk the cobblestone streets peripatetically stopping regularly for espresso to refuel and warm our fingers we meander behind notre dame and over the pont saint louis that yokes the île de la cité and the île saint louis the two islets that bulge the seine's girth in the city's middle The great cathedral is in hibernation, scaffolded on every flank, crews painstakingly restoring it to its former glory before the horrific fire of 2020 burned through its rafters. The trees behind the great church are nearly bare of their leaves. Every ruthless gust coming off the sand denudes them further, producing swirling mini cyclones of scarlet and gold. To the north, the bridge spills out to the original Bertillon, arguably the best ice cream in Paris, and despite the chill, the girls clamber over to the curbside stand to eat ice cream in the cold as to be young, or perhaps French. Skyler and I stop to watch a scruffy, Gauloise smoking puppet master manipulate his two marionettes. The elderly wooden couple dances to a Django Reinhardt gypsy tune. They sway and turn, turn and sway. The craggy-faced street artist is an alchemist of sorts. His dexterous manipulations render the hard-wooded marionette supple and fluid. As the song concludes, the gentleman dramatically dips his lover, kisses her passionately, and then, spectacle over, she crumbles to the ground. The man, once again rickety, wobbles over her, briefly staring down over her lifeless figure. Then he, too, collapses by her side. The small gallery claps in appreciation as the puppeteer smiles, pauses to relight his cigarette, and prepares to reprise his show. Swept away by the wistfulness of the moment, I reach out to interlock my fingers with Schuyler's our arms forming a bridge between the eyelets of our hearts. I bring my lips softly to her ear. I love you, I whisper. I profess this sort of honest affection sparingly. Perhaps the rarity of my heart's admission assigns it greater consequence as Skylar appears slightly taken aback. Her eyes well, and she gives me that look. Head tilted to the right, Chin slightly down, dewy eyes looking up to meet my own. In that one fleeting expression is every moment we've ever shared. This look confirms her profound love for me, yet she is not the author of it. It emerges in and of itself, like a blossom opens. There is no contrivance to it, which is precisely why it's so poignant. It's like laughter. The moment we try to understand it, the experience ceases to be funny. Trying to explain the sensation that infuses this moment, as I have attempted to here, is futile. The poets bid fruitlessly to solve an insoluble problem. The menu is not the food. The map, irrespective of the exquisite craftsmanship of the cartologist, is not the territory. Love cannot be explained. It must be felt. As the cloud cover reasserts itself, arresting a truant ray of sun, Skylar's expression disappears as quickly as it came. I am reminded of this Blake verse. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Every moment is here and gone in the blink of an eye, yet the everlasting present is infinite. Now is the only time it has ever been or will ever be. Memories and projections simply scaffold the cathedral of the present, creating a sense of psychological continuity that anchors the illusion of self. Schuyler and I often refer to our year in Paris as the apex of our life. Of course, we were insouciant, young in love and limb, unshackled by the obligations of dull care. Don't we all experience the sentimental yearning to return to some past period or irrecoverable condition? But of course, nostalgia means our pain. We desperately try to relive or forget the past while simultaneously projecting it into an imagined future. To be grateful is to grok that, like the Carly Simon refrain goes, these are the good old days. We are fools not to savor them. Skylar and I lean on the railing of the bridge. We gaze at the sun flowing like time below us its ancient stone banks lined with the once verdant skeletons of bur oaks, Cretan maples, and Lebanon cedars. Ever more naked, the trees undress, reticently letting go of their remaining leaves like seasoned parents. They don't cling, yet even in the heart of the man with great equanimity, who finds beauty in life falling apart, who knows that nature promises a spring with every winter, even in this man's heart there is a clutch as the maple sheds its last leaf. Years ago, I used to put the children to sleep with fairy tales. Inevitably, in these fables, the hapless scullery maid would get three wishes, and one night Micah stumped me Daddy, if you had one wish, what would it be? I pondered her query for weeks until I landed on a suitable answer. Micah, I wish that many, many years from now, your mother and I will die on the same day. This aspiration might seem macabre, but Micah didn't find it in the least bit morbid for she occupies the world of marionettes and eats ice cream in the cold and dances among the falling leaves. Thank you for listening to this episode of the commune podcast. Feel free to drop me a line any old time at jeffk at onecommune.com. And if so inclined, leave us a review on Apple podcasts. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I'm here for you.